This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. The witching hour is upon us, intrepid listeners. Since you're up so late, why not enjoy a midnight snack? From your favorite purveyors of creepy confections. It's fine. We don't buy it. Welcome to Midnight Marinera. you are all seated comfortably, my friends. It is a cold and gloomy night, and all manner of unknown terrors lurk in the edge of darkness. Of course, that darkness may just be the opaque corners of your mind, and you are only imagining some horror ready to pounce. In truth, you probably scare yourself more than anything on the outside simply by dwelling on it. No monster or ghost is a match for the hideous images you dream up yourself in the nightmare centers of your brain. Strange as it may be, tonight's play is all about images, and what one man was able to do with the power of his pen to bring those images to life. Of course, there are very few that remain who remember. But perhaps one wise soul can explain what became of the art of Jacob Emery. Excuse me, sir? Hey, uh, listen, I'm sorry to bother you, but I've been told you're the person to talk to about ghost stories. Ghost stories? Yeah, about this town. Nah, we don't have anything like that around here. We do have the story of Jacob, but that's about as close as you'll get. Oh, local lore or something? You really want to know? Well, yeah, I'm interested. Well, I'm not supposed to tell you, but... Alright, just no interrupting. I don't have patience for it. How to describe Jacob Emery? Well, I guess you could say he was the kind of guy you could never take notice of. This isn't to say he was a bad kid. In any sense, many people in this town thought he was the most reliable person for an odd job in the state. But he never really excelled at anything. He was living proof behind the statement, Jack of all trades and ace of none. Most of this was due to his own lack of wealth. He dabbled in damn near everything this town could offer him. Automobiles, radio operations, store management, what have you. But he never stuck with anything. Folks went after him about this plenty of times, but everybody got the same response. It just wasn't enough. Needless to say, any friends he kept were either very patient or never spoke of the matter altogether. It was probably inevitable then 
that Jacob would leave to go abroad. I don't remember when he went or where, but I think Gertrude down the street knew before she passed on. Uh, you'll have to scout out someone else if you ever get curious. In any case, no one tried to stop him. Everybody thought a little travel would either stamp the ambition out of him or feed it until it was no longer an issue. Hell, we even gave him a send-off party, which I thought was pretty nice of everybody. So, anyway, he was gone for mm, six, seven years. I can't really remember. Anyway, he came back eventually, and he had changed. He was amiable, energetic, all smiles all the time. And we all quickly learned why. He showed us a souvenir he'd brought back, a, a solid black stick about, oh, the length of a pencil, but the texture is chalk. We all wondered why on earth would such a simple thing prompt such a spring in his step until he gave us a demonstration. He, uh, he took a piece of paper and with this, uh, this stick, God, there's got to be a better word for it. Anyway, with this stick, he, um, he drew a crude circle. It dropped and rested on the border of the paper like a stone. It didn't leave the paper, it, but, it, but it acted on it, sort of like a, an old movie projector on a screen. Now, I know how crazy that sounds, and if you feel like playing skeptic, and you can leave an old man to his craziness. But I know what I saw, even if everyone's been hushing it up. And that stone he drew dropped. Jake even passed around the paper. And as it was being passed, it rolled around as the paper got tilted. None of us had any words for it. Hell, what was there to say? But he continued drawing demonstration after demonstration for us. Stick figures in various pageants and plays, doing everything from fighting each other to making perfect human pyramids. And we all thought it was incredible. That was all the go-ahead he needed. He announced that he had planned to put on shows to pay for food and rent, where he would draw anything the crowd wanted. That we talked about for some length, but it convinced us that it would be safe, his drawings ethical, the practice lucrative and unique, and the attention would not go anywhere outside of town. <sighs> Poor Jacob. If I had not been so swept up in the moment, I might have read the signs right then and there and saved the sorry son of a bitch by snapping that terrible stick in half. But I was younger, we all were, we saw no problem with encouraging him. Now, he didn't have any big radio or television connections, mind you, and the internet wouldn't come along for a while yet. So he did what all people on a shoestring budget would do. He advertised his show with flyers. Flyers might not mean anything to you city folk, but in a small town, they gain a fair glance over from time to time. What's more, his flyer stuck out by having those little figures jump up and down and whatnot to get people's attention. And his first show must have gotten nearly, oh, 60 people 
maybe more. And his shows were fantastic. Someone would shout out a scene from a play or a comedy sketch. Jake's hand would fly over a white wall like a bird. He'd been holding back when he made that stone. That's for damn sure. His illustrations were spot on. And he could make an incredible human figure in minutes. Come to think of it, I don't remember any of the scenes taking more than 10 minutes to make. They were all really well done scenes too. Not only could you see a knight charge a castle, but Jake could draw the castle's interior as well, like a wedding cake split down the middle. So you could see the knight scale the walls, fight his way to the dungeon, rescue the princess, and jump off the parapets and onto his getaway horse, all in complete silence. Not realistic, no, but that was part of the appeal. None of us went in there expecting something real. When a scene or a sketch was finished, either the characters would leave off a wall or he'd cover the wall with white paint. This was good in a way. It gave these shows a time limit so that when he'd finished with all four walls in a room, everybody knew the show was over until the paint dried. Jake, meanwhile, was changing in a bad way. I'd mentioned that upon his return, he'd been extremely energetic. Well, that energy, that, that vitality or fervor or whatever, it never left him. Far from it. It seemed to grow in him, and he enjoyed it all too much. His eyes grew wider, and he slept less. His statements and opinions more radical and frenzied. And though he was never a pushover, he was starting to make people nervous in his company. Jake's audience grew like a wildfire. Nearly everyone in town paid to see Jake's art in action. Soon he had to rent out larger and larger spaces for them to sit. Now he didn't stop after one scene, but moved directly on to the next, putting it on the next blank wall space. Sometimes it had the intriguing effect of causing scenes to mingle, which the crowd loved. Now, between you and me, the subject matter got more wild and immoral, and the monsters got bizarre and creative. The fighters, they were using more impossible weaponry, all for the sake of the crowd's interest. Jake got steadily more indulgent, which we figured was from the money. He got to drinking and womanizing, neither of which got rid of that vitality, by the way. Some of those women claimed that Woken up in the middle of the night to see him scribbling with that stick on a drawing pad, a big old grin on his face. Most of them assumed he was <laughs> drawing them in the nude, but there's rumors that one or two of them got glances at that notepad, and they were absolutely not nude pictures. Don't know what they were, those few never said. Must have scared them. And don't bother looking for the notepads or the flyers, though. They're all gone now. I'm getting off track. The point is, he was hitting the bottle. And that's important because it was the drinking that would eventually ruin everything. One night before his cheering crowd, it was clear to everyone he was stinking drunk. I was in the front row and I could smell the bourbon on him from 10 feet away. Anyway, the show started 
He went through a bunch of sketches and scenarios, and at the end, someone asked him to draw himself. Everyone cheered the idea. I guess they've been wondering what his creations thought of him, and eventually he obliged. No sooner had Jake finished connecting the final two lines on his coat than every single character across the vast, expansive wall stopped. Lovers kissing, clowns laughing, robots fighting, all stopped and looked at the Jacob illustration. Instantly, the crowd went silent. I remember Jacob's face at that moment, pale white, full of terrible comprehension at his mistake. He looked around desperately for cans of white paint, but he'd forgotten to put them out before the show. Everyone else, they were looking at the fake Jacob. That Jacob reached into his jacket pocket, pulled out a black stick of his own, and as we all watched, drew a door. He pushed on it, and that door swung open, allowing him to walk through and onto the floor of the auditorium. The rest was pandemonium. People screamed and ran for the exits as Jacob's creation spilled out onto the auditorium floor, shooting lasers, throwing pies, and breathing fire. As I headed for the exit, I gave a glance back at him. To my shock, Jacob, kicking and screaming, was being dragged by his creations through that open door. That scene was haunting for me. I have no idea how many characters escaped or what happened to Jake, but I do know the auditorium burned down. Fire departments from all over the county rushed in, along with the police. And then, the G-men turned up and hushed everything up. They took everything relating to Jake and his art and swore everyone to secrecy or face the consequences. The official report blamed the fire on faulty wiring, but I know it ain't so. And we all eventually went back to our lives. In hindsight, I think Jake hadn't been creating illustrations after all. Illustrations don't move, much less act or attack. They're just images, shadows made to look like real things. No, Jacob had been making life actual thinking creatures in some alternate dimension using a power that was never meant to fall into mortal hands. The government, of course, did a damn good job of silencing everyone, but proof remains. The auditorium's rooms are still there, but I, I hear they're going to build one of them big mega stores, which, of course, will wipe out any remaining evidence. And just so you know, not long after the fire, I went back there. Just one time, mind you. And there, amid the rubble and the ash, I saw something squirming. I looked closer, and it looked like Jacob's hand has drawn on the wall that dreadful night. It writhed and it flailed as if it were still burning in the flames. Anyway, I don't know how many of Jake's creations escaped, how many the government agents found and caught. But I will say this, those tall grass meadows out on the outskirts of town, I wouldn't go out there. So 
than those white shapes I saw on the edge like of... Like I said, this town doesn't have ghost stories. We hope tonight's dish was to your satisfaction, intrepid listeners. Perhaps now you will look twice at a drawing and wonder if that drawing will be looking back at you with some sinister hideous intent. Until next we convene pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight Marinera is a bi-monthly podcast written, produced, directed, and mixed by David King. This episode featured the voice talent of UFO Bob. The Art of Jacob Emery is based on the original pasta credited to Peter Devine. You can read the original at creepypasta.com. Want to suggest a creepypasta for us to look at? Interested in contributing to the show? Feel free to leave a comment or email us at midnightmarinera at gmail.com. Remember, keep watching the skies, because you know they're watching back. Thanks for listening.